first and foremost, this is the fifth episode of Time to Unlock. Uh, I am the host, Brett. I'm a community manager with Unlock DeFi. Um, some may know me as Nepa, Nepa Titel, that's my username on most medias. And I'm excited to be here with Rocks Collective. Um, that's their Twitter handle. We're here with Rocks today, a data-driven NFT project that's generative, but not random. Um, and I'm excited to hear you guys dive deep into that because it's pretty unique to me. So um, I guess we can start with um, Fabi first, if you want to introduce yourself, then Zach. Hello, hello, everyone. Um, I'm the, the artist for Rocks. Um, season one was kind of my, my baby that I was, I don't know, I probably spent like five months trapped in a cave alone, kind of figuring all this stuff out and kind of figuring out how to create data or take data and create art from it. Um, so that was, that was crazy and fun. And season two is really kind of the culmination of the form for me. Like, I feel like I really cracked it. So I've been, I've been working at this for, I don't know, the, the data art specifically for about a year now. Um, I've been an art for as long as I've been alive. So <clears throat> about 30, 37 years of experience there now. Um, but did it professionally uh, since my early 20s. So tons of experience, but still relatively new to the NFT space, I guess. Um, a lot of people see me as an old-timer because I was here early on Solana, but I still kind of feel like a uh, like I'm new to the game. I'm learning stuff uh, every single day. So that's my story. Zach, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, so I'm Zach. Um, I've been with Rocks for about... I don't know, six months now. I was a little bit late to the party, so <clears throat> I can't say I'm an original Rocks guy like Fubby is, but I've been here for, for most of the ride, and I've kind of evolved into like a community manager, you could say, um, just just kind of like the engine that, that pushes things forward for Rocks and... Yeah, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm pretty new to the NFT space, and I'm just a, a, a regular guy who who fell in love with the art when I saw it, and really, I just kind of got stuck at rocks when it comes to NFTs. Uh, I don't get involved in, in too many other NFTs, just because my heart is kind of with rocks, so so yeah, that's, that's the, the gist of my story. Also, Zach is being super modest. He is the engine behind everything great that Rocks does. Like, I, I make art at this point, and everything else great that Rocks does, like, emanates um, from Zach and Johnny, who's listening in here, too. Those guys are absolutely insane. You shouldn't sell yourself too short, Zach. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I'm modest, but I will shout out Johnny. Johnny is uh, just as much a part of this as Fabi uh, or me, so... So yeah, Johnny's Johnny's here listening. Everyone follow Johnny. He's the best. <laughs> chill, chill, chill. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I guess just to explain a little bit more about what Rox is. Because um, I, I know it has to do with sports. I know it's data-driven, generative. And I'm reading um, the Medium article that you guys put back um, back in August 20 of 2021, too. So also when did rocks come here as well because I, I know that's like not many projects have been here for that long um, oh yeah so we're, we're definitely we're definitely one of the the oldest like exactly. um i i was minting season one before anyone like before we even had candy machines those even those weren't even things back in the day um we were trying to figure out how to how to mint just naked onto the blockchain um so yeah. definitely one of the older projects i think we're kind of one of the one of the forgotten ogs as it were um I think that was, it was nice. It gave us a, like, we were on the forefront of that. Like, right when the DJ Apes Mint happened, we were minting the same week. So kind of in that same vein, like, not quite uh, on the Solarian S&B tip, but kind of the set, the beginning of the second wave of the NFTs was really what I was a part of. <laughs> um, and as far as, like, how long we were here, I had been participating in the space for a while, personally. Like, I had some monkeys, I had some Solarians, I was, I was, uh, prominent on the, the hand platform, like doing work there, minting some stuff. Um, and as, as it became more apparent that this was about to happen, I wanted to participate. And I had been working around this idea of uh, taking essentially what I had seen kind of in the art blocks world and how I could bring that uh, with a little bit 
I don't know. I think that art is really, really beautiful and really fun. But at the end of the day, it's kind of, um, it's just, it's just random, right? So it doesn't, it's never going to have expressive meaning beyond just the, the aesthetics and how those, those strike you. So I wanted to see if I could come up with a form where the, the genesis for the seemingly random, like beautiful composition aesthetics, like something you would see at an art blocks. If you looked a little deeper, you did a little bit more investigation, you could find that there was more of a soul there. Um, and when I was first starting to think about it, it was right kind of in the right in the big middle of COVID all being a real, real pain in everybody's ass. And that was originally I was playing around with like COVID stats and it all just felt very macabre and kind of sad. And and so I thought, OK, what's a what's an easier way into this to start thinking about statistics? And <laughs> the Phoenix Suns were doing really, really good in the playoffs right at that moment. Um, so it all kind of coalesced in this moment of just like, oh, man, sports stats, this will be perfect. How can I take this? and make art with it. And then, I don't know, I took about three months just kind of like figuring out some, essentially just like some math parsing models that would allow me to kind of extract some, some, in, some useful information in the way of like, like simple, simple algorithms that are just going to output some ratios so I could start to plot different players in different ways. Um, and it came out really, really well. I'm super duper happy with the results. Um, it's, I'm trying to just figure out how I get more people to uptake to participate in it because I think it's, it's way more rewarding as an art form. It's a lot harder to do because you have to take actual data instead of just random numbers, which there's still, it's still fun to make random, randomly generated art. It's just a little restrictive on the stories you can tell because ultimately you can only tell stories through the aesthetics there. But if you can take stats or just any kind of data as your, your base point, you can essentially bring aesthetics and life to almost anything you can think of. Um, Cause we just live in a world that is kind of dictated by numbers and so if you look a little deeper on just about anything, you can find numbers, so. Yeah, um, I don't know if Zach had anything to, uh, he wanted to add into that either, but if not, we can touch up a bit on the roadmap about rocks um, or dive deeper into the stats and what you look into if you want. Yeah, we can we could talk about whatever whatever you'd like. Um, Johnny's actually our stat. He's our statistician. He he's the expert on the stats gathered and everything like that. Um, but yeah, essentially, basketball basketball provided us with a very uh, clean set of stats. Right? There's like points, assists, blocks, rebounds, etc. And there's that's kind of it. But with 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 football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, um, it's not it's not as clear cut, right? Because a goalie a goalie doesn't score goals, a goalie doesn't get assists, but they're still great goalies, and we we wanted to recognize that. So, <clears throat> Fubby can probably talk a little bit more about how he did it. Yeah, I could if you want. I could talk about um, kind of what Zach's alluding to is like soccer is essentially. Um, I was thinking like when I was when I was taking the taking it on to do football soccer. Um, I'm just gonna call I'm just gonna call it football from here on out. Uh, when I was taking on the challenge of building data art from football stats, I realized pretty quickly that everybody on the the football pitch is not playing the same game. Whereas like basketball is pretty simple because they're all basically playing the same game. They're all trying to kind of get the ball and put the ball through a hoop, and everybody's trying to do that. Um, when you look at a, a football match. There's, there are people on the, the team that just are never even trying to score a goal. It doesn't even, it's it's not even in their purview of what they're trying to do. They're trying to play a completely different game. So essentially when I was looking at uh, football, and I think that's one of the reasons that makes it really beautiful is because it really is a team game. Like the, the pieces all have to come together to form a team. Whereas like basketball, you can essentially just have five great scores and they can kind of just all play basketball and they're all playing the same game. And so one of the beautiful parts about football was also extremely daunting for me as an artist because building models that accommodate for everybody playing the same game are pretty easy, right? Just like everybody's trying to score score hoop shots. Cool. How do I how do I show hoop shots in the art and make it beautiful? Great. Easy, easy, easy. But when you do add things like goalies, like goalie ain't never trying to score, not at once. And maybe maybe on a free kick, maybe there are some some very strange instances that allow for a goalie to score. But primarily, they're just playing a different game. So how do I build a piece of artwork or a machine that can can make me a piece of artwork that accounts for these very different types of games that are being played? I think that was that was the hardest part of building season two of rocks was like how do I make these kind of feel of a unity and allow for people to 
see the muses, appreciate, and kind of start to pick out a little bit of what uh, what's going on. Like if you if you look through the artwork as it as we go and we met, you'll you'll start to feel things. Um, when a, when a goalie does come up, he'll, his his rock will just feel a little bit different. It'll be his strokes will be a little bit thicker, and you can't you can't necessarily analytically see what the difference is. But I'm I'm hoping to kind of leverage human intuition and perception to start to feel these things, um, and allow you to kind of feel the way in which uh, this muse plays. And so, for some of the more nimble, smaller, cutting players who who are playmakers, they're going to feel that way. For the bigger, bruising defensemen, they're in the backs. They're going to feel that way. So it's it's very tricky to do math wise. But I think when you look at the the whole at the end, they really kind of have this unity that expresses the the gamut of the game but still showing it in the context of what we want the the composition, because ultimately rocks is this, it's a give and take. And I think all generative art is a give and take of like, how random do you want to make it? So you get it to be as varied as possible versus how consistent do you want the aesthetics to be? Because if you make a really uh, focused uh, algorithm, you make a really focused machine to draw uh, your artwork, you end up with identical things. They might, they might be beautiful, but they might all look the same. And that's not terribly interesting. And so you kind of have to let, uh, let go of some of the control to allow for the artwork to express, or in my case, the data to express itself. Because if I just force everything into the same box, and that was kind of one of the, the big changes from the original rocks to now, is the original rocks was much, much more focused and everything kind of fit in a place. It was very much like a little intricate puzzle that was being built for each of the muses. Whereas this season is much, much more um, abstracted and allowing for, for growth in kind of odd things to come out like a lot of the rocks kind of like break the break the bounds but i think in that comes a certain beauty and a certain uniqueness so it's, it's definitely a fun task to undertake albeit daunting um and i think at the end of the day was able to to wrap it up in a nice way really like i'm, I'm super super proud of this work i keep saying like i think this might be the best thing i've ever made i think it might be the best thing i will ever make um just from what's in the soul and what the, the end product is which is kind of a bittersweet thing for an artist like i hope to prove myself wrong but at the same time i'll be sad if i ever do so i think that's those are some of like the unique things that you get out of uh, having data be the the core is because i can kind of tell you all those stories about the art and when you look at it assuming you don't know what a champions league soccer ball looks like you might not be able to pull any of that stuff immediately but upon second inspection and you see the name of the muse Maybe you do a little research. You get this secondary story that's that goes even beyond the art, which I think for me comes in a nice, beautiful way. Like I, I really appreciate art that has something deeper inside for myself, at least. Yeah, and I think there's a, a niche in this as well. I believe there's collectors out there that like um, search for art like this. So not only do you like creating it, I, I do believe there's like a certain type of collector out there that likes creating things like this. So that's what I was going to ask as well. Like, do you guys find any difficulties in regards to like building community behind this? Or do you find your community is way more tighter because of the uh, the niche behind it? Because I know it's centered around sports and that's something that um kind of pushes you guys away from every other generative project that I'm aware of as it's not really as focused on a subject like that. So I guess like to be clear is my question is, do you guys find like it harder to build a community or do you find your community way more tighter? Um, or is there any difficulties behind um, like building around this? Yeah, I could I can speak to that <clears throat> pretty well. Um, I would say to answer your question, it's it's much harder to build a build a community. Um, like Fabi was saying, um, rocks initially came out like in the heart of you know a bull an NFT bull run like we we haven't seen since. So. You know, rocks. Rocks got a lot of traction early, and everyone was excited about it. But at the time, there was only maybe I don't know five, ten NFTs. And <clears throat> today, what is it? Eight months later, six months later, there's you know thousands and thousands of NFTs. So we got off to a good start and had a lot of traction, a lot of momentum. And kind of to what you were speaking to, like, 
it's a very niche it's a very niche product and not not all rocks owners understand what they have you know they were just here for the bull run they saw this amazing art and you know there's nothing else to buy really and they bought it and eventually you know more and more nfts came out and these people just kind of faded away and we were left with uh, a very small niche community like you were saying and and that's exactly what we have now um it's mostly centered around sports fans i would say at this point um we run daily fantasy sports leagues so that's kind of our uh that's kind of our pitch to get people involved and it's you know it's a slow build with something like that it's 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 a niche it's a niche area like you said and the attention span of of the nft community is not always here for you know they're not always here to appreciate every piece of art <laughs> so 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 we're we're slowly building back and you know what what we do have is is a is a pretty organic and you know dare i say tight knit community we're not we're not very Chilly, or you're not going to see us going rah rah on Twitter very much. But we have a we have a strong group of people that just really appreciate the art and enjoy playing the daily contest with us. And slowly but surely, we're we're building a really a really cool niche community, like you said. Yeah, and do you do you guys hear me all right? By the way, is there anything wrong with my audio? Am I too low? You sound perfect to me. Um, okay. So I think you're okay. Right. Good. Awesome. Good. Okay. Well, I think that was a good point too. Um, that you guys did release all, release out during a, a bull market, and we haven't really seen like volumes or, or behaviors like that since, and it's kind of been like a bit hard. At the same time. I gotta just recognize like a team who still continues to work throughout that. I do believe, like you said, you're continuing to build slowly but surely. Um, and and I, I do believe you guys will see the recognition because, uh, and I do want to talk about Solana too. You guys were like the OGs on Solana. So I want to yes. talk about what made you choose Solana. But before, yeah, I just wanted to say your team still continues to work even throughout like uh, the market conditions. You don't work yeah, well, the market the, conditions. The interesting thing for us in that is like we're not really here to like we were I, I launched this for like if you've read any of the content that I've, I've written or, or heard me talk about it. Like I launched this. This is this is love for me. This is all love. This is this is 100 percent love. Like I remember having pretty long heated conversations with the original dev team about mint price. Um, and the, the, this was a this was the time when things were minting for eight nine soul and nobody was batting an eye and that was kind of the price and everybody was like pretty certain like okay we should just mint these out for five soul mint these out for five soul and I was like hell no this is not what it's about like I'm not doing that and I wanted to mint them out at uh, a quarter soul point two five soul and this was back when like at this point I think soul was like thirty bucks right and I it was it's never been about that for me and we ended up compromising with the with the original team because they essentially were just like hey we're fubs we're not going to do the dev for you if you don't at least mint these uh, a little bit higher so I was like okay cool we'll compromise we'll mint them at one soul no more no less that was our price and and, and this was at the time like I, I don't know how many people were around for soul bears um I don't remember how many people remembered the the original degen uh, eight mint price like there was there was a pretty easy chance and we sold out we definitely we are we are mint broke within 30 seconds because we got like 30,000 requests the entire website blew up if you were back in these days you remember all the cloudflare air pages before the candy machine came through uh, but essentially we probably could have minted out at five maybe even ten soul because we were essentially launching a product nobody had ever seen before uh, we minted out cheap we got flipped to shit um the price went parabolic for like i don't know two weeks as we were fixing the mint um, and it slowly, but surely has kind of eroded with more and more projects coming out because we're really, we were never about the flipping, the crazy, uh, insane roadmap promises of just like, yeah, we're going to build a spaceship or we're going to send you all to the moon together. We were never about that. We were always grounded in, we're making great art. We're trying to make beautiful art and we're trying to build something you can be proud, something you can cherish, something you connect, connect with. 
And then when Zach came on, really brought started actually bringing utility and some positivity of just like, hey, if you're a holder, you get these benefits. I think you guys have given out what, like a hundred soul just to people who are holding rocks essentially for just playing the fantasy every day, just for participating. Like essentially just holding a rock, so you can just enter like a daily lotto to win some soul. Like the team has really pushed the bounds of what utility can mean. But at the same time, we're really focused on keeping that core of just beautiful art with some soul to be cherished. I like it that most people who have a rocks don't want to sell them. That's important to me because I want to make art for people to cherish, not for people to consume. And I know that's a little different than what's going on right now because people really, really want to consume and flip and consume and flip and drive the floor prices up and up and up. But my goal as an artist is I want something to land in your wallet and I want it to never leave because you love it so much. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, this is something that I personally look towards to of like a really fine investment to hold long term. Because like you said, what's going on now? People want to flip. There's a minting mania going on. You know, people are selling NFT projects of quality for liquidity for the next mint. And so looking into your team, this is something that I look towards and, and that I look to to know that you're in it for the long run, that you're to know that you're in it for the art, you're in it for the creation. And essentially, that's going to bring value back to the community because you're not really worrying about the hype. You're not worrying about the next wave. You're worrying about what you are building. And that's something that I really love to see. Um, but yeah, hey, Smurf, I see you're up here. I didn't know if you had a question or comment about that either. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, touch on what Fluffy said there. Um, I'm, you know, I'm an OG mentor, and I, when he first launched the project, I was in the Discord, and he asked me to come help him mod for the uh, for the launch because it was just crazy. And he was like, "You were yeah, the only one." Smurf, there that- Smurf was like my emergency helper when I was completely <laughs> overwhelmed with that first minute. I was like, "Smurf, can you be a mod, please?" Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, and just, I, I didn't know, I'd, I'd never talked to him before that. And, you know, from coming to talk to him, he's just been so on point and he was very about the people, about the men. And I know some of the backstory with the OG, uh, the OG devs and that mint cost. So I'm, you know, I'm really glad he stuck to his ground and, uh, he made it to be about all about the people. That's absolutely amazing. Hey, um, John Michael or Jean Michael, please correct me. Jean Michel. Jean Michel. Oh, I love that even more. What's up? What's going on, guys? I heard you um talking about quality art, and uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to show my project. Uh, we're working on a Solana project called Mega Mecha NFT. Um, can I pin it to the top? Um, unfortunately, this isn't really what the Twitter space is about. Uh, I do okay. want to learn a little bit more about rocks, but I do appreciate you asking. Absolutely, no problem. So, um, just a little bit about our project. Um, we're really trying to bring high quality art into the crypto ecosphere because there's too much trash being put into the NFT space. And so we're designing uh, super high quality 3D mechs that are... Um, extremely detailed i see libertine over here laughing yeah there's too much tra- too garbage in here it's over no. yeah no i'm sorry i don't think you understood me i said this is i do want to hear about your project but this isn't the environment for it i do appreciate you asking but i did say this is not the time for shilling but yeah quality art we can go on to rocks because i do believe they have quality art and a lot of thought behind it yeah i mean we're trying our best and 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 that being said like i think that i'm not trying to give necessarily the people who want to flip and want to want to participate like ultimately we are in this like very hyper capitalistic environment and it is about how do we how do we take our one coin and turn it into 10 coins? Like, realistically, that's why everyone's here. So we have, it, with season two, we have made some affordances and some some thoughts towards that. Like, you'll notice one thing. Like, if you were an OG mentor like Smurf, you will know that the first mint had uh, 6,000, uh, essentially, supply. And this now we're down at around 700, right? And there's there's a couple there's 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 a lights out edition that kind of skews our numbers so we don't get the perfectly round numbers. So it's actually 718, and it was uh, 6,030 on the original. But that was one of the things we took the heart is like, all right, like people want to be able to collect their their favorite player, but people don't necessarily want to collect the guy who's like the the fifth guy on the bench. So we really refined down who we're celebrating. 
as far as the players. And we've also lessened the amount of, of uh, NFTs per muse that, that we'll, we will be minting. So uh, originally, like if you take LeBron James, for example, on season one, there's 20 plus LeBron James season one rocks you can get your hands on. If you graph that over to somebody like uh, Leon Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, um, for this edition, there's only going to be eight of them. So we have we have made some nods towards scarcity to try and make it a a little bit more um, within the the ecosystem of the idea of like okay I want I want my rare one I want this and no longer for this season where there'll be any duplicates everything is a unique one of one um, so we have made affordances to that while still trying to keep the purity of the soul it seems like we got liberty with the hand so I'll I'll, I'll pipe down for a second thank you has nothing to do with my project i promise uh hey um <laughs> I, I followed you guys fubby i'm fascinated by by this on so many levels i unfortunately have this pesky ass meeting at 9 30 um so i i just wanted to see if it was cool if i dm'd you and asked you a few questions later um, absolutely and- like i would know i love nothing more than sharing some of these concepts and trying to to i don't know just just build a community like uh, i i this, this is why I'm here. Like, I'm not here for anything other than kind of like building, building up NFTs around Solana and making it a really great ecosystem to participate in. So, right on. DMs always open. Right on. And Nepa, thanks. I'm so, I'm so happy I stumbled into that room this morning. This is so educational, and uh, I'll talk to you guys very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Liberty. Yeah, it was nice meeting you this morning. I'm glad you stopped by. Um, but have a good meeting. <laughs> yeah, pesky fuckers. See ya. Yes, kill it. Thanks. <laughs> um, on the note, though, because I know I wanted to talk a little bit about Solana. What made your team choose Solana? Did you have any, like, questions behind it? Or did you have any debate? Because I know this was the early times of Solana. Like you said, pre-Candy Machine, this is when your mint may or may not have worked. I could have been minting and may have not gotten an NFT. <laughs> yes. You know, it was crazy. It was wild back then. Oh, we, we, uh, we had to process, I want to say, 2000 missed uh accidental like just mints that didn't go through but we got the money so uh the day after the mint i had two thousand soul to give back to people um one at a time by hand that was one of the more um harrowing experiences of my life just feeling like oh crap and this was right when soul first started pumping um so this was like soul was like every day soul was going up uh 90 100 110, 150, and this whole time we're like slowly but surely. Uh, it took us about two weeks to get all the refunds out because we also just didn't have the script for it. Um, so it definitely was a fun time the, to go to answer your question. There wasn't really a team per se. This was very, very specifically an art project that I was working on. Um, just as I was starting to break into the NFT space, I was originally gonna just mint it out as a series on Hick and Thunk, um, but as as the the machine. And that's what I refer to, like when I build data art, I refer to as building a machine that's then going to essentially take the parameters that I put in and build the art. So as I was building the machine for season one, it became apparent that I had something interesting on my hands and I had something that could provide a lot of uh, art more than say, just like minting a one and one of one. It became pretty clear to me that it's like, oh, I could, I could, I could make a billion unique pieces of art off of this. And so at that point I started to consider and this was right around the, the time where uh, SMBs had just minted out and there was there were, we were starting to get hype around, oh, these mints, these drops, these generative drops. And I was like, oh, this could fit well here. And there was no real metaphor f- for that on uh, the Tezos chain, which was the other place I was doing my artwork. I had been, uh, full, like, I've been a, essentially a soul maxi. Like, I'd just been buying up soul, like, because that was the thing that I was like, oh, this is probably going to be the, the, this is probably going to win. This is the fastest. And this was before I really was in on the tech. These were just like intuition purchases. Um, now I definitely stand behind that, that I've done all my research and become a bigger part of the community. But it really was just a decision for me, like kind of stumbling into it. Because originally it was just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could make a couple of basketball players? And then I ended up building a model big enough that was like, it could just accept seasons worth of stats. And it was like, oh, I could mint rocks for each and every single player that's ever played the game maybe we should pursue this. And then I was friends with the Solarian team at that point, And I just reached out to them and I was like, Hey, do you guys want to mint these with me? Um, and they were like, Oh shit, this art looks crazy. How'd you do this? Yada, yada, yada. Everybody was hyped. And then we were kind of off to the races there. So it was really, um, half of it was like pragmatic decision. Uh, and the other half was intuition. Um, and it all ended up working out really well, but 
I think there was one point where Holoplex had just, or Olaplex had just launched right as I was getting, we were getting ready to mint. And there was a couple times where I was, I almost went the Google route with rocks, essentially just dropping like a, a team a week. And that was, it was between those two options for, I don't know, there was, I don't know, a couple weeks where it was like touch and go what we we're going to do. And finally the Solarians were just like, no, 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 let's mint it. We're going to, we're going to build it out for you. And then that was history, but it was, it was way more slapdash than I can, and less calculated than I can ever claim for it to be. Ultimately, I'm super excited the way, it, the way it all worked out because we are here now, like we've had our bumps and bruises, but I think right now we're kind of better, stronger and faster. And probably like for my money, like we're, we're a bit small, but I think we might be one of the, the strongest, most loving, most kind of compassionate communities out there as far as like what the, the give and take is inside of the discord. And so I'm really, really proud of what uh, Zach and Johnny were able to build off of um, essentially me stumbling into this more or less, which is some pretty interesting art. Yeah, I'm really amazed just listening to you and getting to know the project more, getting to know, like, behind your decisions more, because I absolutely agree. I've dabbled a bit with Tezos as well. And like you said, the vibes on there, it's absolutely amazing. But there's no, like, there was no minting mania to it there was no rush no hype to anything it's just it's really for one-on-one art like if you just wanted to drop your art kind of like a chiller scene if you ask me um and versus solana and you had a generative art project and i don't think i see many like projects necessarily on uh tezos it's more of like a one-on-one art underground scene if you ask me um yeah, and I didn't know if Smurf had anything to add to that either, but I'm just very fascinated by your decisions, and I'm glad you chose Solana as well. Oh, I was just going to touch upon the uh, the kind of person that Fubby is during that original Mint, when he had to process the refunds. So what happened was the they used the Solarian Minter, and the Solarian Minter generated, when you click the Mint button, it sent you a link and it, it, it reserved a slot for you in the mint thing. So once you sent the money in, if you tried to open up a whole bunch of tabs and get more mint links, it only kept sending you the same link that was it was currently processing. So what people were doing, because they were trying to mint so many at once, they kept opening the same link and then sending the same amount of money to the same address or for the, that same reserved slot. And that's why there, there was over so, uh, so much sold a refund. But when Fubby started doing the refunds manually, he did, I think, 30 or 40 people manually. And then by that point, they had developed a script. So rather than going back and figuring out who he'd already refund, he actually double refunded those people just to make everything square. Yes, we, we ended up being, I think we ended up being like down 500 soul just because of the double refunds. Because yeah, me and uh, Lavinia had done, I want to say it was like, 360 at the time the script came, but then also the script kind of crapped the bed a little bit a couple times. So we ended up having to double refund a couple more people just to be safe. And it was that, it was one of the, that was like one of the more kind of like informative experiences for me. Like, cause this was like, right. This is essentially how I learned how to read the blockchain was just going through this experience. And there was definitely some things that I found out that day about just like what people are willing to do to bot, what people are willing to do to kind of get in front of mints, what people are willing to do to front run. Because another part of the mentor was it gave you an exact amount of soul to give. Like it was like 1.00013999775, whatever. It generated a random number for you. It was associated with the, the NFT you were trying to buy, essentially. And so like Smurf said, when you would kind of double spend, you'd just pay more and more. You'd try to buy the same NFT over and over again. You could see it clearly on the blockchain because they'd send the same exact amount of money over and over and over again. And it was like, okay, cool. They clearly wanted to buy one, but they accidentally got too hyped and they tried to buy 10. So I'm going to give, they got one rocks. I'm going to refund them. Uh, the nine other, it's pretty simple. But as going through that, you would definitely see the bots. They would stick out like a sore thumb. There'd be 200 transactions from one place. They'd all be one soul. They'd all happen within essentially milliseconds of each other. And it was just like, well, I know that the minter doesn't ever allow for a price of one soul. So I know you weren't actually even trying to mint through our UI. You were just throwing money at the minter, hoping to get rocks spit out on the other end. Um, and those were definitely the ones. I did not want to refund those people when I was going through and I was refunding them. And I saw that. And I was like, well, if you're just going to try and attack me, maybe I should just keep your soul. Um, but I did. We refunded every single every single person who sent soul and didn't get a rock. But it was definitely an informative experience about kind of the length that others will go to to kind of like get ahead, uh, take advantage of a situation front run. And I'm sure 
anybody who's minted here has kind of felt the pain of the bots. And that was definitely, they've, they've been around for a long time, like even way back before, <laughs> I think we were probably, I don't know, we're probably in the first 50 minutes to ever happen on Solana. So even way back in the way back, um, we were still getting crushed. I didn't know if Smurf wanted to say anything because your mic's unmuted. Oh, sorry. No, that was definitely a, a crazy experience, but uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and it was really an eye-opener for me coming in as... I mean, I had modded for altcoin launches, but the NFT launch was just... That was just insane. <laughs> that was insane, but it was a lot of fun, and, and uh, I'm glad I got to do it because I really got to know Fubby and, and his team that he started to put together over there. Yeah, for sure. And I know everything we're talking about, this is all with season one when Rocks first began. So beautiful experiences, you know, down the line, we'll be able to tell your children, your grandchildren, <laughs> and they're not even going to know. They're going to be so entitled and never know the experiences of being in Web3 so early. <laughs> but yeah, so season one, I know that was one thing. And now you have season two upcoming, you're meant on February 28th. So is, was there any drops in between then? And I know you touched a little bit on like the upgrades of season two, but what are you like in particularly excited about season two? Like what what's new? So just to, to hit up, we, we had done a couple drops in between. We did a charity project with uh, the Sol Solanauts. Um, we ended up raising, I want to say like around $40,000. I don't know what the exact sum is. So I could be higher, I could be lower. Um, and we donated it to... Uh, 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 a children's cancer uh, program. I wish I could remember the name. I think it was like Stephen's Lemonade. It was essentially a kid who had done a lemonade stand and then somebody helped him out and made a Kickstarter and then it became a bigger uh, nonprofit. And so we were able to give uh, $40,000 there. That was really, really fun. Uh, we've got some Legends Rocks coming up to, to hype up season two. So that some of the best footballers ever, their best seasons in the Champions League, they're getting a special unique one-of-one -one Rocks. Uh, that the auctions for that I think are starting tomorrow, Zach, right? Um, and then yep. going into the Mint on the 28th, some of the things that I'm really, like, when I just think of it as, like, a, a, as from the artist's perspective, like, I really, really feel like this is kind of the pinnacle of what, like, there was some moment probably around last April, uh, maybe March, where this all started to kind of come into my head of just like, oh man, like seeing what Tyler Hobbs had done just recently, like this was when the first Fidenzas were kind of selling for a lot of money. People were starting to get interested. And I was just like, oh, this is really, really beautiful. And I could see all of his influence. And it was clear that we were kind of like parts of the same cohorts and having a lot of the same influence. And I was like, I wonder if there's somewhere else to push this uh, to, to make it more soulful, kind of what I was talking about before. And now when I, at season two, when I looked at it, when I, when I finally, because I ran the machine couple weeks ago now and finally got to see all the results because I essentially just let it run and it takes about five days and then it, it produces all the rocks. Like it just runs over time. And then eventually I come back and all the rocks are in the, in a folder and it's just iterating through um, all the stats and building them out for me. And when I came back this time, I really kind of had like, Oh shit, this is, this is what I wanted to do. I had that moment of just like, this is it. This is the thing last April when I was thinking about what this could be, this is actually it. Like in rock season one, it's beautiful, but I just had a couple of technological limitations at the time. I had a couple of technical technological limitations on Solana that prevented it. So I had to make a lot of uh, compromises in season one to kind of get it out there and get started. And now I was able to kind of just say no to all those compromises and really, really build the art that, that I saw kind of in my imagination about a year ago. And I think for me, that's always like particularly beautiful because just getting to crest those things in life where you really set out to do something and you have those moments. So for me on a personal level, I think I really got a ton out of it from, for the collectors. I like to think that, man, when, when you look at these and I'm not too boastful of a person, when you look at these and they're sitting in your, your wallet next to your uh, pixel donkey and whatever version of a primate you have, or whatever version of some kind of, animal or space creature or whatever it is, something with eyes that could have a trait of 3D glasses and you see your abstracted rock spinning around and just kind of being mesmerizing and then you know that potentially when you click in there you know that that was your favorite soccer player I think we're providing just something very different to a collector than this opportunity to like get emitted whatever 
shit coin that's going to pop up that you can potentially pay to like breed your your donkey down the line and not that that stuff isn't fun like i think all that stuff is really, really fun we're just doing something completely different and so i think from a collector standpoint when you come and you mint and you get a rocks like there's going to be 718 of these football rocks there's going to be only up to eight rocks of each player for this champions league season and it's going to be it's a moment in time that is never going to go away and the entire world is going to be there to support you in the way that it's not necessarily going to be there for your donkey like if your if your donkey project rugs and they go away and you solve your donkey, the world's not going to remember it. Um, even if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, Cristiano Ronaldo is still going to be playing. He's still going to do more. He's still going to have all those memories that you had with him, and you're still going to have that digital artifact that brings you closer to your your favorite player. And so I think in a lot of ways for the collectors, we're just providing something that is completely different than almost every other NFT that's that's being minted right now because we just have tangible ties to to actual memories that a user might have, a collector might have of, oh, remember that time when he scored that goal to win that game? Oh my God, I was so hyped. I loved it so much. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. And you'll have that. And I think for me, like that's the thing that really separates our project is we have kind of that, that beauty that is just lived in, but it's also in that NFT. And it's not just, and not to say that NFTs aren't intangible and there's not something super important. Like, believe me, like, I love all my NFTs. I love my Thugbird. I love my SMB. I love my Solarians. Like it's all very; those are all very important to me, and they represent a memory. But I think, by and large, a lot of the stuff that's just getting minted and churned out today—I don't know. I don't. I can't pretend to predict the future, but I don't know what the probability of 100% of those projects all kind of reaching that ascendancy. That when I look at my Thugbird, I'm like, yeah, man, caca. I'm about that. Like I know I've been a part of that community. I've been bouncing around. I've, I talk to people. I know there. I watch that mint. Like. I remember when I bought my Thugbird, I specifically went and got the one that's favorite rapper was uh, Biggie Smalls. Like, it was very important to me. Like, but I don't think a lot of other projects are providing that. And that kind of backs up my, like, I specifically went and got the Thugbird that liked Biggie Smalls. That doesn't really mean anything. It's just a piece of metadata. But it's the same kind of interesting connections that we can form with this medium that I think is being underexplored right now. I, I hope that more more projects pick it up because I think there is really something special about tying this metaversal world back into the tangible, like a lot of us here, like you said, when we tell our grandkids, we're going to be telling them about the beginning of web three, which means we spend a lot of our lives on web two. We still have a lot of memories from back in the day there. We can still cherish them um, and bring them into this web three space. All right. I'm going to stop rambling now because I'm clearly just, uh, just going off on a tangent. A tangent that needs to be heard. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Jean, uh, John, Michelle, I know you're back up here. And then Merrick, I didn't know if you had any um, questions or anything, but go ahead. Yeah, first off, I want to apologize to Unlock and the whole Rocks team, guys. They're not trying to come here to this uh, pirate radio, your show. Um, but with that said, I do want to say I love your project. I'm actually looking at the day. white nft right now metaversal integration so i'm big into the metaverse uh, projects like zero dot tech and modular spaces i'm curious about if my um if my uh, brox nft will be able to still do its dance in the metaverse as like on the display if i were to put it in a gallery and things like that on the utility side i mean yeah i mean from from the like the base of the SPL token, right? Like you could put it anywhere. You could put any other token in the digital frame. Um, one thing that we didn't do was provide like GLB data just because the files are actually too. And this was when I talked about having some kind of technological limitations. Like right now, the way that rocks is built is built towards um, aesthetics of the final product. And so for me, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't willing to compromise on the looks to kind of make it uh, really travel well through the metaverse. Essentially, like I could have made it kind of low poly, dumbed down, maybe even voxel or something. And not that those mediums are bad. It was just not what I wanted to do. I wanted to have something that was really feeling like a moving painting, like a moving painting on canvas that felt kind of magical in a special way. So one of the one of the compromises there was that they won't be they won't be able to travel as sculptures, um, which I think is like something definitely we'll be looking towards in the future. Of like, okay, I have all this three D data. This could be a three D sculpture that you could essentially walk around. Um, Right now, it doesn't travel just because the rendering power that's required to, to render the rocks right now, like it still takes, I think I got it to be pretty performant, but it still takes about five minutes just to render one rocks from one angle. 
So real-time rendering that in the metaverse just doesn't uh, make sense just yet. That being said, like a lot of the stuff that Solana is doing with the render token, specifically for some of the Solana metaverse plays, will work really, really well with my tech stack. And so it could be something that could be easily ported over in the future. Um, I just don't know. And I know a couple teams who are working on some integrations there, but nobody's that deep just yet. And integrating, whatever, it's hard enough to integrate with Arweave half the time. Um, so the render token stuff is still really, really new. But right now, the season one rocks will never travel because I've destroyed the machine, essentially, so they can never be recreated. Um, season two, I'm kind of holding my breath, so that machine is just sitting uh, more or less in a state of purgatory. I like to get rid of the, the machines afterwards, so I'm never tempted to make more. Um, and if I do want to make more uh, rocks in the future, I have to build them from scratch. I think that's very important for me as an artist to not like rest on my laurels and go back to work that I've already done. Um, so I always, and it might sound strange, but I always just destroy the machines, uh, after an amount of time where I know I'm not going to need them anymore. Um, so season two, it's still, it's still a possibility for things that like a, a season two rocks to kind of be on a plinth somewhere in a, in a digital gallery, just kind of like actually spending around and you can watch and look at it from all the different angles. Um, I make no promises just because I can't, uh, guarantee the technology, but the way that things are headed, like I've built them in a way that if it does become an opportunity with the render token stack. Um, it'll actually be relatively easy to port over. And I know it's definitely something Jack and I have talked about with NeoNexus early on in season one. I was like, hey, can you give me the 3D data so we can put this in the, the NeoNexus world? And I'm just like, I don't think, I think it's too big. Um, and I think the, the shaders just won't work. So, um, but it, it's all with time, I think. Like it's the, the compromises we make to kind of get into those spaces are to be a little more low fidelity. Um, but high fidelity is coming and photorealist real time is coming. And I think in about two or three years, all this stuff is going to be pretty easy to just kind of have in your gallery, honestly, like just based on if you look at what Unreal Engine is doing in the cloud right now, like I think we're, I don't know, two or three years away from having like a pretty interesting uh, photorealistic metaverse uh, situation. And then rocks will definitely be there 100%. That's awesome. I am learning a lot here. Um, Eric, did you have anything or questions? If not, that's okay. Yeah, so, uh, hey guys, my name is Merrick. I'm with the community team on Unlock DeFi, and I've loved hearing everything you have to say. I love this project. I love its uh, its ideas, how innovative it is. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really curious about, um, like, if you could give some examples, like, details about how, like, what kind of parameters you manipulate, like, how you represent the data visually. I think that's super cool. And, uh, yeah, for, like, either season one or season two, like, free throw percentage or whatever stats you're using, like, how do you actually represent that visually? If you could give some, like, a couple examples of that, that would be really cool. Season one is tremendously easy to read um, from an infographic standpoint, right? Like, season one is built with a lot more um, ideas towards infographic still, right? Every, every basketball player in season one has up to eight uh, strokes inside, um, with a minimum of, I think, five. And what those essentially represent are all the, the counting stats. Um, so essentially it's like three-pointers made, two-pointers made, points total, assists, steals, rebounds, offensive and defensive blocks. And so if you go through and you look at the season one rocks, you can really start to feel out, like, Steph Curry has a big-ass three-pointer uh, stroke, and it's big and it's gold, and it's gold because he was the best at shooting three-pointers. Um, if you go and you see Clint Capella's rock, he's going to have a big, thick stroke. Um, and it's also going to be gold because that was his, he was the number one player in offensive rebounds. So they read a lot better in, is an infographic standpoint. Um, and then the laces on the outside of the season rock was really, and this was the stuff that I carried over more and more into season two. Um, the laces on the outside of the rock really start to tell the story of the player, right? So if you go see like a little tiny guard is going to have really, really thin laces on his rocks. Whereas if you go look at like Joel Embiid, his rocks has these massive laces because he's a big bruising guy. And so I tried to, that was my first experience with kind of like dabbling in what the feeling of the player is because those aren't particularly tied to any stats. Those are built, basically, I've built a couple of algorithms that I'm not using exactly, but I'm using the ideas behind them still in season two that essentially like rank players along a spectrum of how nimble they are versus how kind of like plotting they are. Um, how, how, how elegant they are versus how much of a bruiser they are, um, how much they're an offensive player versus a defensive player. And all these exist as ratios essentially between zero to one. And so if you're a one, you're like perfectly nimble uh, according to the nimble algorithm. And so what I'm doing is I'm running some 
uh, pre-processing on the big data sets as a whole that essentially takes in the entirety of the data set, ranks the player among its peers, uh, and kind of deciphers how that player stacks up um, in the context of everyone else who's playing. So these rocks exist specifically for this Champs League, and so if you see somebody who's got a thick rocks, that means that they were essentially a bruiser in this uh, this iteration of the Champs League. From a stat standpoint on Season 2, I really, really wanted to open the door and kind of let it fly and kind of chase more of this almost like Kandinsky-esque uh, like abstract art push to really let it just kind of be evocative of a feeling. So they, they're not as easy to read from an infographic standpoint. And I got rid of some of the kind of more cute infographic elements. Like there's no gold strokes for the person who is the best at one thing anymore. I got rid of that. Um, you just kind of have to feel that out. There's not a lot of specificity in the season two rocks because I felt for me, it really was about finding the soul and finding the aesthetics and trying to actually kind of pull away from the idea of being super, super quantifiable. And that was a big goal in season one. But I, as I look back on it, I had a lot of things like in season one, you can, if you look at the rocks, there's these little chips, there's little golden chips that are just floating around. And those all represent accolades or accomplishments. Um, <clears throat> for any rookie who was in season one rocks, they have white laces instead of a team color laces. And so I did a lot of stuff that was like infographic-y. And I think it makes them more interesting on one level, but also it kind of takes away uh, from some of the mystery and the mystique of what you're, what you're absorbing essentially when you look at them. So season two really was a push to kind of find more emotion and more feeling and less quantify. I guess there's, there's more of a quality to season two and more of a quantity to season one, if you will, if I can pun on like three different levels. Um, So I, I think that if you go back in season one, you can see a ton. So I would encourage you to like, just take a look at those and like, just page through. Like if you go to like uh, one of the exchanges, um, subtle shill for exchange.arc, um, obviously the one that I would point you to. Uh, but if you go through and you just kind of page through and just look at all the rocks that are there, you'll start to feel out like, oh, look, this Trey Young's rock looks very different than Click Capella's rock. And you can kind of feel them if you know anything about the sport. And if you don't, you still get a little bit of that story. So I, I tried to get more to that purist level of like treating everyone who's absorbing this like they don't know the story. And so trying to give them that emotional connection. I fear that I have begun to ramble again, but uh, I think I think that answers your question. Now that was fascinating. Thank you so much. Definitely answers my question. And yeah, I love uh, I love your your eye for the aesthetics, and then to also have an eye on like this more uh, quantitative statistical aspect, and just to bring them together in that way. I think it's super elegant. And yeah, I love seeing it. I'm super pumped for season two and everything else you have planned. Wow! Thank you so much. You're making me blush. Oh my gosh, I was muted. Um, all right. Um, no, that was great information. And I do want to touch up on um, the Mint upcoming for season two. I know Whitelist is coming. And is the public sale on the same day as Whitelist? I don't think so. I think the Whitelist is going to be open for like a week, maybe. And then the public sale is going to open. I'm not exactly sure. Zach, you would know better than me what the, the actual setup is. I, I think we're not trying to be too rushy rushy on anything. I'm just trying to kind of have a, a, a chill mint vibe. So if you have a waitlist open, you can kind of get into mint. Yeah. So we're going to have the, the whitelist mint open for about, I think it's six hours. So a six-hour uh, whitelist mint. Oh, I was so completely wrong. See, this is why you go to Zach for this information, not me. <laughs> yeah, but six hours is chill. So so you were, you were, you were on the money there. Um so yeah, we're doing six-hour mint for whitelist. Uh, it should give people plenty of time, I think. Uh, the price is 0.33 soul, and the public price is one soul. So uh, it's not not your standard mint, but you know it it works for us. Absolutely, yeah. No, and um. And then I guess like the roadmap, I was trying to figure out if there's a way where I can find the roadmap if you guys have one. Um, or as far as the website, I don't know if you had any announcements in regards to that. But if I wanted to look for more information um, on rocks or for the mint, where would you uh, point me at? Yeah, so the first place I would point you at would be our Twitter um, and our Discord. We do have a website in the works, and it'll actually probably 
maybe be launched after this call is over. So, so we will have that. Um, but yeah, we I, w- I would direct people to our Discord and our Twitter to kind of get a feel. As far as a roadmap goes, we don't really use that word too much. Uh, we, you know, I'm really not ashamed to say that we don't have a roadmap other than providing value and quality art and community to to the people that are into this. Um, we we do provide, like Fubby was saying, I think we've given away about 100 soul already to our holders. So we, we don't have nothing, but uh, the goal for this mint was to to raise money so we can keep so we can keep giving back to our community. And the price is so low because we've whitelisted everyone who is involved in our community. So we're really trying to transfer the value to our community. Um, it's going to be hard to, to lose money on, on a season two rocks. It's going to be, it's going to be hard to even want to sell them. So I think, Really, we're just trying to provide art and community and friends, and we have some soul to give away if, if you want to be a part of that. So, roadmap roadmap's not really in our in our dictionary, but you know we're, we're doing stuff. Absolutely, I mean, and it sounds like it from this entire conversation that we have. You guys really. Um, nailed it on the um, over delivering over under promising you know what I mean in regards to not focusing on the roadmap not focusing on like the hype or the the next wave but really just like the direction that you've been wanting to go since the start and I applaud um, all of the work that you put into it and continue to like I said these are the teams that I really look into because within any market conditions especially now we we're like basically in a bear market you want to look towards the teams that continue to work uh, regardless of activity because those really shine if you ask me a lot of teams just i don't feel like they'll have uh the motivation or the drive if they see like their assets going down they see the community not being engaged they really don't know what direction to pivot towards um in a bear market or or um, um, activity that we're seeing in the market recently really can show that so it's really interesting and exciting to me to get to know you guys better and what you're working on so thank you for that um and i don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to touch up on those were all of my questions of i've learned a lot this is very informative it's also going to go up on the unlock DeFi podcast i will link you guys that and the audio if you want it too but yeah if you if you had anything else to touch up on we can definitely um say those before we wrap it up um and yeah yeah i just want to say thanks for for having us on um we don't we don't get a lot of opportunities to uh talk about rocks outside of our discord and you know, outside of our families, I think my wife is sick of hearing about rocks. So it's nice to talk <laughs> about rocks and, uh, you know, have people listening. So so I appreciate that. Definitely. I mean, well, I'm personally interested. That's something I didn't bring up. But uh, have you guys heard of like Dapper Labs or NBA Top Shot and what they're doing? This is kind of like something similar. It reminded me of that. And I yes. just think it I just thought it was divine timing of what rocks and what you guys were doing with rocks because it was kind of like the same timeline of all of that going on. So just very interesting stuff. And I'm not like a, a sports fan personally, but just the data driven and the generative aspects, as well as all of the thoughts put behind it, um, it really gets me interested. Yeah, like I, I think of the Top Shots guys a little bit. Like I, I like what they're doing, but it feels they feel like sellouts to me in a way that's just like, yeah, they're just selling video clips to as many people as possible to make as much money as possible. So it's a I, I have a bit of a recoil to what they're doing just because it feels very, very, very businessy, um, and I think they're almost forgetting some of the art parts of the NFT. They're really just trying to kind of like poop out as many assets as possible. Um, 
So, I mean, it's definitely, definitely a place to play. Like, and I think more and more, more projects will show up, uh, and be participating in this kind of like tangible, uh, real world mixed with the metaversal world. Like, how do we, how do we find the, 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 the connections between those two things? So I think it's definitely coming. And I think Top Shots and stuff like Rocks is definitely showing that there's a want and a desire for that. And I think it's fertile ground to be, um, to be built upon, honestly. Yeah, definitely. No, that was interesting what you just said about Top Shot, because I agree, like, what they're doing at a, a grander scale, it kind of reminds me of, like, a bit of Web 2, and what everything is, how everything's done in Web 2. They basically just took blockchain technology and found, like, another revenue. You know what I'm saying? Because I yes. know they're partnering with NBA, and uh, what does NBA know about the blockchain technology? What do they know about decentralization? Are they even in here for that? That's the questions that I just uh, got popped in my head. So yeah, very. Yeah, and I very specifically like didn't want to reach out to any like licensors. Like in everything around Rocks is built very cognizant of avoiding any kind of copyrighted material, any kind of licensing, because I don't want to participate with FIFA or NBA. Honestly, like yeah, they they show up with bags and bags of money, but they'd also show up with all their mandates and kind of all their rules and all the kind of like soullessness that comes with um, what I'm going to call it, like more commercial art. Um, and so for me, it was always a thing where like, oh, and the, I, the people were like, oh, we'll partner with the NBA. It's like, well, if we partner with the NBA, like it's not going to be what it was. It's going to be something different because once you get in bed with the NBA, the NBA is in charge. Um, and so that was something that I always really wanted to avoid was kind of getting somebody to have full control over the, the project to really allow the art to just be the thing that comes through and not the partnerships. And whatever, maybe that was a little bit to the detriment of us all going to the moon Um which is what Dapper Labs is probably doing. But I think at the end of the day, these these things, these rocks that there are only 6,000 of for season one, like, I'm going to be here. I've been an artist on Solana since there's been artists on Solana, essentially. Um, I'll be here three years from now. I'll be here four years from now. And so the, the, the rocks will continue to be supported in one way or the other just by way of me participating in the space. Um, whereas if you have, I don't know, the 55th, mint of Kevin Durant shooting a free throw on some random Thursday night, that asset might not be as interesting going forward because there's going to be millions and millions of these things. At the end of the day, there's only going to be the 6,000 season ones. There's only going to be the 700 season twos. Um, we're really trying to build something that is a little more sacred, a little more special and not just kind of, yeah, you went to Walmart and you bought another pack of top shots. Here you go. Like, hey, a, like a, a sugary candy bar. I have a question as I'm literally on magic Eden. Uh, shopping for rocks right now. Do you have any tips as far as rarity goes? What should I be looking for? I'll let Zach handle that because I think they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful, but I just want some are like extra special. Does it go based off the player? How does it work? Yeah, so it's, you know, like Bobby said, they're all beautiful and a lot of people just buy rocks because they look cool. Mm-hmm. But they do have the the element of like sports trading cards, right? So the better player that you find, eventually that's that's probably going to be a more desirable rocks, right? Like so, the LeBron James is going to be more than you know the the cheapest rocks that you'll see on Magic Eden. So you kind of got to think about it in terms of um, the player. And then there's 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 different editions, right? So there's classic, golden, naked, and lights out. So there's there's those factors when you're when you're looking at it. But I could definitely help you find like a good value deal for what's left. Um, so like, what about this Tristan Thompson rocks number zero one five? Yeah. Perfect. So when you say that, I would say Tristan Thompson. Eh. He's kind of a he's kind of and, an average player. He's washed up a little bit. Oh, don't say that about Thompson, my guy. Look, he might come to the Bulls, <laughs> and I'm a Bulls fan, so like I'm I'm a I'm a Tristan Thompson fan. So, yeah, I mean, I'll put it this way: he's not he's not one of the best players in the NBA, right? So it's more, you know, if you're kind of if you got a low budget. I would pick out the rocks that you think looks the best. If you got a favorite player, if you got a favorite team, go with that, right? If you got maybe you got a little more soul to spend, then maybe you want to get you know the Luka Doncic golden, and, and that's going to be a more desirable rocks, I think. 
I will toss in that for me personally, like the naked editions of season one are essentially that's the art that I set out to make, like when I when I started. And there's only those are all one of ones unique. So if you get the if you get the player naked edition, uh, whatever whatever number you get for that muse, um, there's only one of that, and so there will there will never be any more of those editions. Whereas the the classics and the golden do have multi editions. So I always point people at the nakeds because I just think they're that's the that's the beautiful art for me. Not that I don't think they're all beautiful, but that's kind of the culmination of what I was going to make um, when I was making rocks. Oh yeah, I see what you're talking about right now. Yeah. And then my other question was, you guys spoke of football. I'm actually a footballer myself. And uh, when is the football collection dropping? Is there a football collection? So we're dropping football, soccer, European football. football. Yes. Just so we're clear. We get mixed up because it's a global global tour spaces. That drops uh, Monday is the mid. So and I don't know exactly if there's any more whitelist tokens to be had. Um, You would know better than me as far as getting on the whitelist. Um, I don't know what goes in that, but yeah, that mint is on Monday for the for the footballers, and that's like the link up in the top of the Twitter space. If you jump on there, you can kind of see what that art looks like uh, for season two, and then it's, it's all over the Twitter account right now. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Absolutely, I um, I really enjoyed the space. Thank you for taking the time to share with us um, and answer all of the questions. Um, like I said, I know Rocks Collective, that's their Twitter handle, at Rocks Collect- uh, Collective, R-O-X, um, having their season two mint upcoming on February 28th for 0.33 on whitelist and one Solana for the public sale. Um, and yeah, first of its kind, data-driven and generative art, sports collectible, NFT project. I am very fascinated, and, and this is exactly why I'm glad we had you on this episode of Time to Unlock today. Because, um, of course, we want to unlock a lot of things for the community. And this isn't uh, something I hear about often, you know, a generative project that takes data into play and the thought process behind all of it, not taking like the nft ecosystem so fast you're not going with the hype um and it shows uh, I, that's exactly why we have a, coll- a connection here at unlock DeFi, and i understand how you and jack have connected and i've known about rocks for a while actually i do know we had plans um earlier but yeah super fascinating and, and thank you so much zach and fabi for coming um uh, every this is going to be every Tuesday around 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, and yeah.